Well, in meditation, it was quite interesting. I, you were talking about going out of body, and so I went out of body and went on a nice little journey. And the journey began with me standing before a door, quite a large door. And I looked at it, and I didn't really think much about it other than just wondered where I was, what this door is about. Uh, and as I looked up, I saw something written above the door, and immediately then I knew where I was. And the statement was, Know thyself, and to thy own self be true. And that is a statement that was written on the door sill of the School of Philosophy in Greece. The school was founded by Socrates, continued to be taught by Plato and Aristotle and other philosophers. And their founding statement was, know thyself and to thine own self be true. And I remember many years ago looking at that phrase and contemplating it, meditation, taking it inside and looking at it and seeing, does that statement really mean anything to me? And if so, what does it mean? And I have found often that there are layers upon layers of meaning within just a few words and how they're put together and what they're trying to impart. And in looking at that, I realized that in order for me to be true to myself, I do need to know myself. Know thyself and then be true to yourself. So the key here in all of this that we are doing and it's exactly the same as what they were teaching back then. Even though Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and other philosophers of the day over 2,500 years ago were teaching philosophy, and a lot of what they taught as philosophy, philosophical truths back then are still taught in universities, colleges, seminaries, monasteries around the world today. But something that isn't really talked about except in their writings, but their writings in this one area aren't really put out there publicly for everybody to contemplate so much as their philosophy, but they also taught this same pathway of sound and light. They taught by going within is how you get to know yourself. It's going within, inward and upward, in a practice of focused meditation and an active meditation. Philosophy, the study of philosophy, the comprehension of philosophy and developing your own philosophy out of all that, it is a very active process. It's not stagnant, it's not passive. And they also taught a very active meditative practice, just as we teach here, an active meditation. They taught about the light and the sound and actually 
Aristotle and Plato both wrote quite a bit about it. One statement that Aristotle wrote that is contemplated and talked about much in, in certain circles is a statement that says, it takes a freed flame to free a trapped flame. And I have heard lectures given on this one little statement trying to figure out what does that really mean? What was he trying to impart in that statement? But it's interesting. When you are on this pathway of light and sound, it makes all the sense in the world. Because we as souls are trapped in this world of mind and matter. Soul is spirit. Soul is a very different element of being than what is of this world. The soul is loving and the soul is the light of God. In this world is a world of material matter and is made up of many different components to make up the physical creation, including the mind. And it is the mind that has trapped the soul here in a downward and outward focus. The soul's true nature is inward and upward, always looking inward and upward, looking inward to that light of itself, the light of the soul that is the light of God, and looking upward to the source of all creation, including the soul itself. But the mind is of this creation and its focus is into this creation, this physical creation of matter, substance. And so by being caught up in the mind, we get caught up in that downward and outward focus. And when we are busy looking outside of ourselves, it's hard to know yourself. It's hard to understand and know and be the truth of who you really are. Because we get caught up in the things of the outer. We get caught up in this belief system and in this conversation, in this truth that somebody says is their truth. We get caught up in going after the glitter and the glamour and all that is out here in the world for us to be focused on and chase after. And by chasing after and by going out into the world to gather all this information and awareness and experience and items to ourselves, we've lost sight of the truth of who we really are and where it is we came from. And that's something to pay attention to. I know when I was very young and I started this pathway, I was given three questions that I was to answer. Where did you come from? Where are you going? And who are you? Those three questions, if you really give it 
focus and time, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And those are the three questions that were offered at the School of Philosophy of Socrates. To know thyself, contemplate these three things, and you will know yourself. That's an active meditation. That's an active process of going within and discovering. Who are you? Who are you really? Where did you come from? And where is it you're going? Well, for me, I found out that I am soul. I am loving. I am of spirit. I am not this body. I dwell in this body. I live in this body. I move in this body to have experience in the physical creation. But this body is not who I am. I learned very early on in my practice of deep prayer, which I actually started at five years old, which later became meditation, that I am something other than this body, and that is soul. So I knew by the age of seven, eight, nine years old who I am. And I could answer that question very easily, very clearly, with knowing in my own experience. And this was my experience. And this was my knowing. And this was my answer to that question. And through the knowing of who I am, I was able to answer, where did I come from? Well, I know I didn't come from this creation. I know I'm not really that which this world is, just as I know that this is not me. This is a body that I use while I'm in this creation, but this isn't who I am, and this creation isn't who I am. And this creation isn't where I came from. So I looked inside and I looked at the truth of who I am as soul that I discovered here at the seat of the soul. And I asked, where did I come from? Truly, where did I come from? And just as it says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door the spiritual door shall be opened. I asked. I paid attention inside and I did a lot of seeking for understanding and clarity about who I was and where did I come from. And that door inside at the spiritual self opened up and I got a great revelation of where it was I came from. And I know, I knew then, I mean, I knew at seven years old and I know now that I am of spirit, that I am a soul that came out of the realms of spirit into this creation to have experience. And I know, just as I did today sitting here, I can 
leave this body and go back into that place that is truly my home in the realm of soul and spirit and experience the truth of myself and be in that pure loving in that moment. And then there's always that next moment where it's back in the body. But that's okay. Because it's a part of the journey, it's a part of the experience that, that my soul is walking. And it's really a part of all of our experiences. One day you're going to realize that you are not this body. That day may be in a meditation, and that day may be when you take your last breath at the time of death. And that which is the breath of you that gives life to this body will leave the body, and the body will not be alive anymore, and you will go on to whatever is the next part of your journey. So at an early age, I learned who I am. I am soul. I learned where I came from, which was really another creation separate from this one in spirit. And then I asked myself, well, where am I going? The final question, where am I going? And I realized that where I was going was back into spirit again. Just as at death, we leave this body and go to the next part of the journey, whatever that might be. I know that by doing the inner practice of loving God <clears throat> and allowing God to love me, I'm going to go back into that loving and live in that loving and get caught back up in that fully. And that's where I'm going. And that's my journey. Now, my journey has been a long one. I have been through many lifetimes, through many different experiences. I've gotten caught up in the world. I've tried to let go of the world. I've involved myself in many things. I've avoided things, trying to do it differently. And all the time, the truth was right in front of me. And it's a simple truth. You are soul. You are divine. Wake up and live the divinity that you are while you're in the world but involve yourself in the world. Realize you're here, what are you here for? The soul came into this creation for a reason, what? What did you come into this world for? For experience. So come into this world and have experience here. Involve yourself, do, create, be a part of and find out what works for you and what doesn't. And let go of those things that don't work for you. Stop trying to do those things that don't work for you because, well, that's what your friends are doing and you want to be a part of your, your friends, so I've got to do that. Though I hate it, I don't like it, it's not fun, it's actually against the grain, but I do it because I don't want to be alone. <clears throat> 
I'd rather at least be with other people. Well, I learned that that doesn't work. That's not where you're going to find your happiness or your peace or your joy or your truth. You have to follow what's true for you. You take in all this information about everybody else's truths and you try to organize them in such a way that maybe they'll make sense and actually work inside yourself. But do you give time to look and find your own truth? What's real for you? What's true for you? Who are you? Who are you? If you can find out, then you're going to be joyful even in the midst of this creation and all that it has to give to you. And it has a lot of things to give to you, a lot of experiences, a lot of lessons, a lot of opportunities, a lot of places where you can be creative and productive and joyful. And yes, this world has polarity to it, positive and negative. So along with the joy comes the pain, or whatever you would call it. You have to look and realize that as long as we're in a body, we're going to be dealing with polarity. And it's a matter of how then do you approach all of that so that it will work for you instead of against you and that you can move through it all with loving, with grace, with ease and simplicity rather than struggle and anger and frustration and trying to hold on to things because, well, that was good, I want that. How do I get that again? How do I keep that? Something I've learned in this lifetime is you ever move forward. You keep moving forward to what's next, what's next, what's next. I remember early on in my childhood, I had a wonderful inner experience. I mean, just unbelievable. And I wanted to keep that alive. I wanted that to be my life. I wanted to live that all the time. And I would sit down to do my prayer every day and I would try to duplicate everything that happened yesterday when I did my prayer and I got inside and I went into this experience and it was just phenomenal. So I tried to Duplicate. I tried to figure out what did I do first, what did I do second, what did I say third, you know, how did I get there? And I did that for days and weeks and months, trying to duplicate, trying to get back there to where I had been so joyful and happy and just abundant in spirit. And finally one day I heard inside a, a very simple little voice say, Jim, move on. Just move on. You've done it. It's done. Move on to what's next. It's always what's next, not what was that matters. And I 
realized in that moment all those weeks and months that I had been trying to hold on and recreate and pull it back to me was looking to the past and trying to live in the past. And I really did need to move on, move on to what was next. And as soon as I did, I found something better. It's like, what in the hell was I holding on to that for? Why didn't I just move on? That other experience was just waiting for me. All I had to do was take the next step. And yet I was just stopped in my tracks and looking back, trying to pull the past forward again. And so I learned both on my inner experience as well as on my outer experience to just keep moving the best I can. And sometimes it's really easy to move and sometimes it's not. One of the things that I found that really made the journey difficult was fear. Anybody know what fear is? Anybody ever have fear stop you in your tracks from moving forward in your life? Fear of what do other people think? What are other people going to say? What does this look like? Are people still going to like me if I do this? Or say this? Or demonstrate this is who I am? I mean, there's so many, many layers of fear. Well, I remember one of the fears that really was uh, like a big lesson for me was when I was 26. Now, I had had a lot of experience with fear up until then. But at the age of 26, getting cancer and hearing that diagnosis, it's amazing to watch what goes on, both inside yourself and outside. And what amazed me is because I had walked through a lot of fear and understood a lot about how to maneuver and handle the fear, both inwardly and outwardly, when I heard the diagnosis of cancer, it didn't really shake me. My first attitude and thought was, okay, what do we do? What do I want to do with this cancer? What are my options? What are the opportunities? What's the possibility? And I was sitting there with a doctor <clears throat> in the uh, hospital. Oops, where's my water? I was sitting there in the hospital with the doctor and he gave me the diagnosis and we talked about the timeline that he saw laid out for me, which wasn't really too long. And so I, I heard it, I understood it, I didn't go into reaction because I, I know better to move through the fear than live in the fear and let the fear stop me, let it hold me back, let it put me in my place, so to speak. And as I'm moving through and talking with him, he looks at me and he says, did you hear what I just told you? And I said, yes, I heard you. And he said, so you, you understand you have cancer? And I said, I do. 
And I began talking to him about it, and he started crying. And I didn't know really what to do with that. And so I said, is there anything I can do for you? Is, you know, do you need something? And he just cried and he says, I'm just so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're sick like this and, and you're so young. And, and I said, well, it's going to be okay. I'm sure it's going to be okay. However it goes, if I die, it'll be okay. And if I live, it'll be okay. I'm not too concerned about all that. And so we talked a little bit more about it and why I felt that way and believed that way. And I don't think he understood really what I was saying. And he got up and he left and was still kind of, you know, sniveling or whatever a little bit. And within a moment, this nurse comes in and she said, are you all right? And I go, yeah, I'm fine. And she goes, well, what happened? Why is the doctor crying? <laughs> and I said, well, he was telling me that I have cancer. And that uh, we started talking and he just started crying. And he, she said, he's really a rough doctor. And a lot of patients don't really like him because of how he, his attitude is about stuff like this. He gets cold and indifferent and pulls back from people. And we're all standing outside going, what happened? Because <laughs> we've never seen him really hardly crack a smile, let alone cry. And I realized then that the loving that I was carrying within myself, he felt it. And he responded to it. And it was something that he himself wanted in his life, but didn't know it. And that's why he started crying, because he all of a sudden got in touch with something inside of himself that was more true for him than all that he had been living. Well, I went home the next day with a diagnosis and I had an appointment to go see him, however long it was from the time I went home. And I walked in his office, sat down and waited and waited, and finally he came in. And he looked at me and he started crying. And he says, I don't understand it. Whenever I'm around you now, I feel this thing inside of myself and it bothers me, it disturbs me, but yet it's something that I want. And I don't get it. I don't, I'm not feeling sorry for you. I'm feeling sorry for myself. And so we talked about it a little bit. And then he started talking to me about my treatments and if I, I wanted to take them or not, and which would be chemotherapy and radiation. And then he said, listen, could we get together separate from my office, separate from me being the doctor, and let's talk? I want to know more about all this that is stirring inside of me. It really bothers me. I hate it. I don't like this feeling, and I want to get rid of it. And I said, too late. 
once it starts activating inside of you, you're on the next phase of your quest. You're going to be learning a lot about yourself now. Well, he did. He really did. He became a very different person, I found out. Because I got to see the old doctor and I got to see the new doctor. And he became a very different person as we sat and talked and he began to read some different materials that I recommended to him to read. And then one day he said, okay, there's something going on here that you're not telling me. What is it? And I talked to him about prayer meditation. And he said, oh, here we go. So now I'm going to have to go to a church, right? And I go, no. You don't have to go to a building out in the world. The real church is inside you right here. This is the sacred spot that you want to go and worship God in. You want to go inside. And he said, I think I can do that. But I'm afraid of what I'm going to confront. He said, I tried prayer a long, long time ago. And I hated what I kept feeling and seeing as I would be quiet and go inside. And I said, well, this, this isn't going to be quiet. This is going to be a real active meditation of just loving God and letting God love you. And he said, yeah, right. I'm sure God loves me. After all I've done and my attitude about life, and I said, that doesn't matter. Just give it a try. He did. And within months, he was really having some very interesting, profound experiences. And that's what this pathway is about. It's about going into that sacred place inside. As Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all else should be given to you. Well, you want to go in here and seek that kingdom of God. Seek where God dwells within you. The soul dwells here and feeds life into the body. So go where the soul resides and wake up to the soul. Know who you are as soul and let that essence of the truth of who you are begin to have dominion over the rest of you so that you begin to live the truer life, the life of spirit in the world, rather than the this life of a spirit trapped in the world. If you've ever had the wonder, the longing to just leave, to get out of this place, this is a terrible place, what am I doing here? Were you a child that was angry at God because God abandoned you here and you just wanted to get out of this body and go home, not knowing for sure even where home was, but you knew this wasn't it. Look back and see. Look inside now and see. Where are you in your journey? And could you make this journey a better journey by knowing the greater truth of yourself? Who are you? Who are you really? 
Where did you really come from? I remember on the inner levels, when I first was asked these three questions by that same voice, and they said, who are you? And I said, oh, I'm Jim Gordon. Well, you know, seven years old or so, you're kind of innocent in how you respond to things. And he said, well, where did you come from? I said, I, I came from San Antonio, Texas. I was born at the Knicks Hospital. And he didn't say anything. And he says, so where are you going? That one I didn't know. I thought, where am I going? You know, I don't know. Because I didn't know if I was going to go into a, a university or into the military service or go into a career or anything. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I was dwelling on that, looking at that. And my dad would even talk to me about, you know, you want to focus into the future now. You want to focus on what it is you're going to do in your life. Don't be lazy in school. Don't be lazy in your life and let your life pass you by. Be involved. Be active with it. And so my thoughts were, well, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Is what kind of a career am I going to have? What was that? And so I sort of said that to him, and he said, well, that's the beginning of the journey. But there's a lot more to it than that. And that's what I found out. So know thyself is a great, great journey of a lot of experience, inward and outward. Don't just know thyself for who you are in the world. Know yourself for who you are inside. Who are you really? Where did you really come from? And where are you going? Rumi put it in a very simple statement. I am not from here. And I know where I'm from. And where I'm from, I am going back to. As soon as I am complete with this. And that's the truth for all of us. Ultimately, because we are a soul, we are a spirit, that's where we're going to go. It may take many lifetimes for us to get there because we are just dragging our feet, not really fulfilling the experiences or learning the lessons or taking our sweet time. And that's just fine. The world's ready to entertain you as long as you want to be entertained here. But there will come a day when you'll want to make this the final journey. And that's what this pathway can assist you in. It can assist you in many different ways of waking up and knowing the truth of who you are and how to live just a great life in this lifetime. It can also give you awareness, understanding, and experience of where you can go once you're free of this creation and how to get free of it. Know thyself and to thyself be true. 
Be true to yourself. Once you know who you are as soul, you will be true to that. Not to this body. You'll take care of the body, but you're not going to be true to the body and make the world just the end all. You're going to be true to your soul and begin to take care of your soul and its journey so that it can get free and return back home from which it came. And that's part of a spiritual promise that was given on this pathway a long time ago. Moses said that God spoke and God said unto him, go forth and free my people. Free my people from the land of bondage and bring them home to me. Bring them home to the land of milk and honey. Well, that's what this pathway is about. This land is a land of bondage. This body is a land of bondage. And we have been held in bondage for so, so long. But a spiritual teacher on this pathway, whether it's me or Brian or anyone else in the world today, or the teachers of old, they all had one purpose in mind, and that was to offer a pathway of liberation, a pathway of freedom from bondage of this land so that the soul is no longer held in bondage here. It's free to move in and out of the body for experience. And when you do leave at the last breath, you go to that place of your true home. So it was nice to get out of body for a little bit and to have that experience. And I would just hope that all of you can have that kind of experience. That's what this journey is about, to have your own experience. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Brian's word for it. Don't take anything other people offer you as their experience to be your own. Have your own experience. Sit down every day, do the meditation, wake up and know your own true divinity and know through your own experience. Then you can live your life very fulfilling and complete what you came here to do so you don't have to come back. All right. Well, thank you all very much.